Last week, I began to talk about this idea why the church matters. And, you know, because there are a lot of people, remember I told you that they would say, they would claim that they love Jesus, but they just don't like the church. And I would say that is a, a little bit of a contradiction because you cannot love Jesus and hate the church. So we talked about one of the reasons the church matters because it first mattered to God. It was this idea. None of us, you know, this idea of creating the church. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. We talked about how the church has this uh, eternal destiny. Also, we talked about how the church is made of people all over the world. Uh, it's global, but it's also local. Uh, global because it is made up of people all over the world that have professed faith in Christ Jesus. They believe that Jesus is, is the Christ. They've been baptized into his name and they make the church. So when Jesus Christ comes back, eventually he will take people from all over the world. You know, he will, and they will reign with him. The church. Jesus uh, uh, loved it so much that he sacrificed himself for her. So when, when I think about if the church matters so much for God, why shouldn't it matter for us? You know, some, you know, in the church, today I want to do a sequel to that. You know, many of, many of you who know me, I love movies, and I love when they do a sequel. Sometimes the sequels are not too good. You know, but, but just like this is a part two of what I began to talk about, because I want to use a metaphor that is utilized for the church so that we have a better grip, a better understanding of what the church is all about. The Bible uses many metaphor, metaphors for the church. Sometimes you hear about the family of God or the flock, the bride of Christ. And today I want to use one that is called the body of Christ. The church is his body. And, and, and Paul is the one that uses that analogy a lot. In Ephesians 1, 1 23 and 1 Corinthians 12. The text I want to be preaching from today is going to be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Where Paul makes, uh, he uses that illustration, the metaphor, the body. You know how complex our human bodies are made of bones and, and nerves and, and so many things. You know what I mean? It's amazing. And the brain. I mean, people can make uh, photocopies uh, or x-ray the brain but they cannot x-ray your mind and all that is this is the greatest computer you ever have we create computers we create all the technology that which God placed uh, in us so we're going to talk about the church as the body of Christ what does it actually mean you see the body of Christ the church has the same mission that Jesus had when Jesus Christ came he said I came to seek and save what was lost. And you know, it's interesting to me because throughout years, even, even during my years in college, a lot of people want to, uh, they try to figure out what is our mission? Like we talk about what is, as a church, why do we exist? And to me, it's like, just read the Bible. You exist to seek and save the lost. You exist to make disciples of all nations. That was Jesus' mission and he has not changed over 2,000 years. Still our mission, just say, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and I'm with you always to the very end of the age. It's the same mission. You know, the same, because the church is to be like, like the incarnation of Christ. You know, Christ is no longer with us physically, you know, but He is spiritually with us through the Spirit. Now we are to go and do, to accomplish very much what He did. Like I said, what does the Bible is teaching us when he uses the metaphor of the church as a body? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read that text so that we see what the Apostle Paul talks about there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through following. 
Now, mind you, Paul is writing to a church, a local church in the city of Corinth. And he said these words to them. For just as the body is one, it has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not at hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, what would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the hand to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our, and our unpresentable parts, we treat it with greater modesty. Which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. The body of Christ. The church is called the body of Christ. And I love what Paul talks about, because many of us, we understand this, the complexity of the human body. And he says, even though it's one body, but it's made up of many parts, many members. And they all belong to one another. So the church is made of many members. Verse 14. Now you see that there is the diversity in function. Because he says, even though it's one body, it's made up of many members. Not all the members do the same thing. And you know that. You got, you got internal organs. You got, I mean, so many things in the human body. And so Paul uses that analogy to say, yeah, it's one body, but it's made up of so many different parts, so many different members. And there's diversity because not all the members are the same. We're not the same in terms of function and in terms of roles within the body of Christ. Because, yeah, the stomach doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do the same as the kidney. You know, the hand doesn't do the same as the feet. So, but we all attach to one another as a human body. And that's Paul's uh, pointing here. When he talks about this diversity that exists among us. Not all the members are the same. We differ in function. But we are still part of the body, he talks about. It's so one body, many members. Now in Romans 12, Paul, also writing to the Romans, he uses the same metaphor, the same analogy. In Romans 12, verse 5 4 and 5, he says, For as in the body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, he says. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Individually members of one another means that we belong to one another. We're members of each other. 
Also in Galatians, so there's three churches already that he's using the same metaphors. The church at Rome, at Rome the one in Galatians was made of many churches. And he still used this analogy. Also the church at Corinth. In Galatians 3.28, Paul says, There is neither Jew or Greek or Gentile, neither slave or free, nor is there male and female, for all of you are one in Christ. One in Christ. One body made of different diversity, different ethnicity. Amazing. So this is the idea of the body of Christ that Paul is talking about. Now I love because in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, Paul talks about that it is God who placed the members of the body where he wants them to. You know, each member of the body is placed exactly where God want, wants them to be. So therefore the members, each part of the body is to fulfill their function for which God created you to be. You, you know how it is. And Paul addressed that right here. Like if, just because you're not an a ear. Doesn't mean like the ear cannot say. Well I'm not, a, I'm not the nose. So I don't belong to the body. No, no. You're an ear. Be an ear. If you're the nose. Be the nose. So the problem Paul talks about. Like uh, the eye should not say to the hand. You know. Uh, I don't need you. You know. Imagine if that would happen in churches. That instead of working together as, as a team. As a unity. We'd be fighting for functions or positions. You know, again, God is the one who placed you exactly where you are. And He gifted you. He gave you, he gave you the ability to do exactly what you do. That's what Paul is addressing here to this church. For the body to function well, all its members must do exactly what they've been created and gifted to do. Like I say, I, I cannot picture a body that the hand decided, I don't want to be a hand anymore. I want to be a foot. And then it goes down like that. It's like, I mean, and then the foot says, I don't want to be a foot. And it's like, even though you don't want to be a foot, but you've been created to be a foot. You know what I mean? Like to, and so be who you've been created to be because God is the one who placed you there. He gifted you with abilities and gifts to fulfill, to, you know, so that the body will be uh, healthy, not dysfunctional. So Paul addressed that. When he's, when he's talking about the parts, and he addressed that uh, several times, he says, one body, many parts. So say, the whole body, verse, verse 17, if the, bo- if the whole body were an eye, what would the sense of hearing be? So yes, eye, hearing, you need, you need the other parts too. So it is interesting because the analogy of the human body used to talk about the church always brings back this idea of harmony and unity in the church. For the church to work properly as the body of Christ, it has to be, uh, unity among, um, amongst the members, that they all work together regardless of, of the, of the di- uh, differences that we might have, regardless of the diversity in function that we say, oh, I love what you do, but I need you. You know, sometimes you think about like uh, kids uh, or the teachers teaching the, uh, the kids out there, and some of them cannot be in, in our worship today. So we need them because if they're not teaching the kids, the kids be probably running around and then, and then some of us be distracted by that. Like people doing the PowerPoint. Some people say, well, you know, I don't do much in, in the church. Just, you know, I'm just a custodian. I just do this. That's a lot. That's part of doing something in the body. Even, you know, like I've seen people sometimes, they collect those little cups that we leave running around. And it's like, oh, or some ladies, I always say thank you to them cleaning in the kitchen. My mess. You're, you know, so part of it is like, well, I, all, that's all I do. You're functioning. Whatever you do in the body of Christ is needed. So don't, don't ever underestimate. Like, I'm just, you know. So 
God gifted you with ability. And yes, sometimes but to do dishes, you don't need giftedness. But guess what? You, you're, doing the body, you, you're doing the body of favor. You're building up the body because we're all working together. I love sports. And, and the same analogy can be applied, I mean, you know, baseball and basketball. If every player say, I want to be the shortstop, I don't want to be a pitcher. So we're still going to need pitchers, catchers, and second base. Everybody has to do their part and do it well. Because, you know, <laughs> and you say, well, I don't want to be a pitcher anymore. So we don't have any other pitches. So what's going to happen to the game? We're going to lose because you got to do fulfill your role. Uh, teams, you know, in basketball, I don't want to be... I want to be the point guard. Everybody's like, yeah, but you, you haven't been gifted with being the point guard. You're good at power forward. Or maybe you're the same. Do exactly what you have been called to do. And in the church, sometimes people will, will be envious of other people's, you know, uh, like I, I had a friend of mine and one time he wanted to really sing in the praise team. And, you know, because we were very close, I had to be really honest with him. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, because one time I'm trying to follow him. I was playing the accordion, you know, and, and it's like he would start with C. Paul might know what Angelix, what I'm talking about. He started with C, and then pretty soon he got into a D flat somewhere. And I said, you, if you start with C, you have to continue in that chord. You know, I, don't, I might not know much about music, but, you know, it's like I, now you go in a different tune. And then we try again, and then finally I said, you know what? I know what's going on here. You want to sing, but God did not give you that gift. I said, you had to find something else in the church to do. But singing, it ain't it. Because you cannot sing. And you know, a lot of times people say, I want to be on the stage. I want to do that. And it's like, I mean, yes, they want to do it. But the thing is, if God did not give you the gift to sing, leave that for somebody else who can do, who can do it. Now, you can learn eventually, maybe going through that, you know. But, you know, and he later on, he was laughing. But then... Guess what? He was one of the greatest encouragers in the church. And he would do the meditations. He would do the things. That was his gift. But I said, I know you want to sing, but, you know, and that was it. Because we had this talk and, you know, God gave to you. And, and uh, I know there was another lady one time. And that happens in the States. And she wanted to sing. But then the problem was that the other, singer, the other people singing around her could not sing. Because she would just throw everybody off. <laughs> that happens too. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then eventually said, you know, as, as the body of Christ, we had to find where she will be perfect fitting. Guess what? She was one of the greatest people working with the kids. Now, mind you, going to college, they, they made us do something that I didn't want to really do. Uh, you know, it's, it's a Christian service. And then they threw me at a church and I'm supposed to be at the nursery. That's when I soon find, found out that ain't my gift. Working with the kids over there. You know, because I'm changing diapers with the kids. I mean, that was because they wanted to instill in us this idea of serving, you know, because you never know what you're going to be doing in the church. So, but I was like, very early, it's like, okay, the little ones, yeah, I can play games with them. And later on, you know, the uh, third and fourth uh, years of age, I'm still like, like I can do teenagers and teaching them, but I'd rather teach adults. You see, I give it off all the teachers in the house. What you do, man, is amazing because many of us, they would just, they would drain our patience. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, no, I'm sorry. I would, you know, but again, that's, you see, that's not my gift to be teaching little ones. I mean, I probably could do it, you know, but again, it's like the body of Christ, you are placed exactly where God has decided to do. And, and our job is to continue encouraging you to do that because many of us cannot do it. That's what I also say. 
Somebody say it takes all kinds of church, churches to reach all kinds of people. There will be people that I, I as a minister, won't be able to reach. Maybe I don't, I don't even have a relationship with those people. But you do know them and you will be the one, the connection. You will be the one reaching them. The body of Christ working together as, as a unity in harmony. For the body to be, to function well, all its members must do what they've been called to do. And if you don't yet know what you've, what you've been called to do, start doing things just like I used to do. And then pretty soon the Lord is like, oh, maybe that's not it. You know, some people say, well, I'm not a teacher. You don't know until you start teaching. Uh, you know, I don't know. And then pretty soon, oh, no, that's not what I want to do. And God's using those things. Because pretty soon I realize I want to I wanna become a preacher. I want to uh, preach people. I could work with kids. But yeah, but, you know, not as good as my wife. You know, and she, some, some of you can testify to that. How she, you know, it's like, I don't know. You know, it's almost like part of me, I just want to give him pow, pow. Like, you know, but, but it's like, t- seriously, because... They, you know, you know how it is. They would drain your patience. But to have that patience to talk to the kids when they say, like, no, I don't want it. You know, again, there are people skilled to do that. That's, why, that's what the Bible says. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, some to be workers of miracles, some to be, you know, administrators, some to be people great in the faith, prayer warriors. All that is part of the body. And we all together, and our job is not to be envious of the gifts that you have. Our job is to do exactly what the Lord has called, called us to, to, to do and to do it well for the building up of the body, the church. Because if we decide, no, I don't want to do that. You know, but I want to do what you do. That's the problem, the hands telling the feet. I don't want to be a hand. I want to be a, a foot. And the body's going to be dysfunctional, handicapped, and the church would, I mean, picture that. The church would not... Uh, grow. The Bible talks about us building up the body of Christ. And how is it going to be built up? By each member doing exactly what they've been called to do. One body, many members, and we all work together as a team in unity. The members don't fight or are envious of other members' functions. We work together, even the parts that are weaker or, or smaller are still indispensable in the body of Christ. We all need each other. Somebody had a song and says, we all need each other, fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers, in harmony and love. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the songwriter talks about. So there should be, the Bible talks about, there should be no division in the body of Christ. There's no division when each member understands their function. When they, each member understands, well, this is my God-given talent and, and ability, so I'm going to do it for the body of Christ to fulfill that. Where there, where there is unity, the members work together. They have the same concern for one another. I love it. He said, if one member rejoices, we rejoice with them. If somebody is suffering, we suffer with them. That's part of the care of the body of Christ. He talks about that in, the, in our text. If one member is honored, all the members feel honored as well. You know, God wants unity in the body of, in His body, the church, and it's. It's interesting, one of, the, one of Jesus' prayer, right before he, he died, in fact, it was before he went uh, up to the upper room, he went and, uh, and they arrested him. Right before he got arrested, he prayed to the Father in John chapter 17, and one of the things that he prayed for was this idea of unity. He said, those who believe, may they be one, just like you and I, Father, are one. And, and you see how in churches today we divide ourselves because, you know, there are people like if they say, if we say we're going to change the pulpit, the color, there are people, oh, no, you don't do that. And now we want to divide the church because, the, I mean, that doesn't really matter. 
you know, the, the windows. I mean, there are people, you, you, I don't know if you know this, 200 years ago, 150 some years, there were churches from our restoration movement that they divided themselves over music. There were people saying, no, you are supposed to sing a cappella. You shouldn't have instruments in the church. And I always want to say, but read the Psalms and read Revelation. The angels blowing trumpets like crazy out there. You know, but, you know, and then they, they divided the church. And now, like, we don't hang out with them because, you know, apparently you have instruments, you go to hell. You know, and so there are people, there are people, you know, and, and, and then instead of the unity, you know, that's why later on I talked about, like, there are things in the church that are non-negotiable and there are things that are negotiable. You know, and, and but again, understanding that. Jesus prayed, let, the, let them be one. Jesus wants the church to be united. And you know, I hate, I hate to break this, but sometimes I think when you talk to people that don't belong to church, that they don't go to church, one of, one of the arguments that they have is, is that, well, you all, you don't even get along with one another. And, and they don't see Jesus in us. Imagine that. And sometimes like, there's a lot of truth to that. So you're always fighting with one another. No divisions in the back. And Jesus said, let there be one. Fighting over petty things. And Jesus said, let there be one. The body needs to function. You know, because you, you have a mission to fulfill. And fighting and being in disunity, you won't be able to accomplish it. Father, I want them to be, those, who you, those you have given me, Jesus said, I want them to be one. Just like you and I are one. I want them to have this unity, regardless of function, regardless of ethnicity. We all come from different backgrounds, but that we all still can be brothers and sisters in Christ. Like there's no Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, male and female. Now, it doesn't mean that they stop being male and female. What it means is that even though they have their own personalities and their own backgrounds, we all can work together as a unity in harmony for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. There's distinction in function. One body, and we all need, we're going to need each other to be able to do this, to accomplish this mission. That's why I hate when people say, well, I love, the, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. The church is, is his body. It's like saying to a girl, I love your face, but I hate your body. It doesn't work, because you've got to love everything about that person. And just, uh, he, he, Jesus says, uh, Paul says, we are the body of Christ. And Individual members of one another. So we belong to, the, to Jesus, but we also belong to one another. Verse 27 says, you are the body of Christ, individual members of it. You see, the church, my friends, is not just about believing, but it's also about belonging. Belonging to one another. And, and you know, a, a lot of times you might go to a church because, you know, you might feel like, I feel like, I feel like I don't belong here. You know, and it's almost like the church is supposed to be a family. Like you go and it's like, this is my brothers and sister in Christ. And we keep in touch. I mean, we have so many means by which we can keep in touch today. WhatsApp, uh, Twitter, I mean, Facebook. I mean, sometimes just chatting with one another. You know, you always keep it. Now, I do have families that I, I don't talk to for a long time. I talk to many of you guys more than my families. And we also have families that when they call, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, what's wrong? Because they never call. Or they never, so when they call, it's like, well, something's happening in the family because so-and-so call. But guess what? We love them like that, too. It's loving people, even where they are. And that's the whole idea of the body of Christ. We're not just about believing and having things in common in terms of our own beliefs, but it's about belonging. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and through prayer. So belonging to one another, that's what... Because... You know, I mean, you see, you lose one part. Even, even the, you, 
you hit that little finger with a hammer, and you know, it sends send a signal to the brain, and then the mouth says, ouch! You know, everything, like you feel the whole thing. And later on you realize, wow, like even to take a shower is, is weird because you probably never realized that. Just that little thing, that little finger. It tells us how connected we are with one another. So Jesus, the Lord expects us to, to show that connection, to show the unity in the body of Christ. So he said, instead of fighting with the members one another over function, he says, so that there will be no divisions in the body. So each member will have the same care for one another, realizing that we belong to each other. You are the body of Christ, talking to the church. And individual members of it, we belong to one another. You belong to God, but you also belong to one another. He placed you exactly where you are in the body of Christ. And you might not know really what uh, other gifts and abilities you might have. Sometimes you, you might not know what abilities and gifts you have until you try certain things. Like we used to tell people like, but I don't know what I'm supposed to, Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to, to do. Start doing things. And eventually, it, it, will, it will come. I didn't want to be a preacher. I vow, I always tell the story, I vow that I would never be a preacher because my dad's been a preacher for 50 years and I saw what preachers go through and I said, that's not for me. When, when people start stabbing me in the back, I don't know, you know, I'm going to, no, that's, you know, I saw my dad, I'm a preacher's kid. We, we saw, many of us can relate to that. We saw what preachers went through and I did everything in my power to be a civil engineer. That's what I went to school for, for a while, for a year and a half. And later on, you know, it's like, I don't even know in my, own, in my whole life, what, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And the opportunity presented itself for me to go to a Bible college. I did not even know what major to choose. Somebody had to pick it for me, seriously. Because I said, which one? They said, preaching. Maybe the Lord was already calling, but it's like, okay, let's go. And as I'm learning more, I was like, oh yeah. You know, you know how sometimes you, women have friends that they switch major? I, I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. I never had that thought in my mind. And it's like, maybe the Lord wanted me to be a preacher, but then I had a problem because I didn't want to talk to people. I didn't want to get up here and speak in front of people. By the way, that's like the number one fear that people have to speak. And, and you know, it's like I was very shy. You might not know that now, but, you know, going through college, I will be in a group to do a, a project. I will, I will be content doing the background things. You guys present it. I do the rest. You know, but I didn't want to, you know. And I said, Lord, you want me to be a preacher, but you had to eliminate that fear from me. And then one thing that I learned to later on, I said, through Moses, I said, Lord, I will do whatever you ask me to do, but you had to go with me because I don't want it to be about me. Whatever you want, if you want me to do that, to engage in the, you got to go first. And then I, lead, I follow you. But I don't want it to be my preaching to just become about me or whatever I do. To, no, no, it's, it's through you, Lord. I, I, be your, I just be your vessel to do exactly what you call me to do. Now I'm loving being a preacher. I mean, I could do, so, you know, I used to be a teacher one time. But, you know, I'd be preaching, I think, until the Lord decided that's enough. You know, Isaiah was the one who asked God one time, Lord, how long? Because he wanted to know how long should I preach. And the Lord said, when there's no more people in the town, then you can stop, Isaiah. So, my friends, you and I belong to one another. Some of you are teachers, preachers. Uh, some of you are workers, uh, you know, of faith, uh, uh, you also um, hospitality, this ministry that like, you're good talking to people better than others. God gives to you that. And you don't know what it is that He has given to you. Start doing things. And eventually, it's like, oh, that, there it is. I found it now. Like I said, I began working in the nursery. 
You know, and then it's like, well, teaching us service, but, you know, it's almost like, hmm, you know. And then eventually they'll say, oh, here it is. This is, what you, this is what I want you to do. He placed you exactly where you are to accomplish his purposes. You see, my friends, if God's the one who placed us over here, that means that you are valuable in the kingdom of God. You are a part of the body, the, the church. So in the church is to accomplish Christ's mission. You are so valuable to God. Because if you're here today, guess what? You have gifts you might not even discover yet. He gifted you with things that I, I, I don't have. And we're going to need you to be able to, to accomplish, to perform, to do, to do your function as part of the body of Christ. We belong to God and we belong to each other as members of the body of Christ, the church. You are the body. Remember the song that Casting Crowns has? It says, and if you are the body, why, why aren't the hands reaching? What aren't the feet going? What isn't the mouth speaking? And if we are the body, and we are, let's pray.